Do you feel like your boxing is starting to plateau? Do you feel like when you're in the ring, you don't look your best? Well, our friends at Detroit Boxing Company can help take care of that. They have high-quality t-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, hats that will make you look badass when you are in the boxing ring. TJ puts out fantastic quality stuff, and you know that boxing and martial arts is close to home for me. So if you want to look tight as hell while throwing your jab cross hook, pick yourself up a t-shirt, shorts, do something. Go to DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Use the word CoreyCast at checkout, all one word, to save yourself a little bit of cash for yourself. Again, DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Code word CoreyCast. Today's guest is my friend Matt LeClaire. Matt is a sales rep for Comfort Windows and Doors. And when he came over to my house to actually help me with uh, my sun porch back windows. I got to talking and him and I realized that our businesses are kind of one and the same. Uh, We're both commissioned. We both have to get after uh, clients and try to drum up business ourselves. So I invited him on the podcast to kind of talk about his business and also kind of share some of his best practices that maybe I can also apply to real estate. I learned a lot. Matt's a fantastic human being. He's an awesome salesman. He gives you the answers that you need and doesn't sell you on 12 other more expensive things that don't really fit. What I really learned was Matt listens to your problems and gives you real answers and doesn't just look to push another sale on you. So I hope you learned something on this one because I know I definitely did. So here's my friend Matt LeClaire. So my name is Matt LeClaire. I'm currently working with Comfort Windows, um, and I've been with them since the start of the pandemic. So right in 2020, I I came on board uh, right in February, February 14th, actually. So I'm going on my two years. Yeah, Um, it's been a very exciting journey to get to where I am today. I've had uh, a few jobs in the past, uh, most with with sales and marketing of uh, this one is definitely, I feel like I'm, I found my, my place, so to speak. So I'm very happy where I'm at. Uh, I was able to help you and your family out, which was great. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate, you know, you having me on to do this. So, Oh yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Dude, it was my pleasure. This is well. And, and the reason why I thought you'd be a great guest is because when uh, we were talking, I learned that our two businesses have a lot of similarities between the two of us. You being in sales your whole life, where else have you come from? Uh, so I actually have uh, had a lot of experience with the cable industry. I've worked for actually all the cable companies. And um, then I moved over to, I dipped my toe in the insurance line for a little bit. And that wasn't anything I was enjoying. Uh, then I found this line of work where I'm, I'm actually, I feel like I have some value, uh, of helping people, um, providing a service and, you know, we're, I'm working for a company that has a great reputation. They've been around for over 40 years. So long. Um, yeah. And it, and it's pretty remarkable in this industry to be 
having that legacy. Um, so it's just, uh, it's been very enjoyable. It's been a lot of hard work. Um, but I'm meeting people like yourself. Uh, they're really decent out there in the community. I'm working with local, um, homeowners in the Syracuse and central New York region. And it's just really nice to be able to help families improve their homes. Did you grow up in Syracuse? I did. I was born right in uh, Syracuse, lived here for most of my life. We moved out of the area for a little bit. Uh, and then I came back. Um, I'm glad I did. Uh, it's just been a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but isn't that what life's all about sometimes? Right. It is pretty much a roller coaster ride, right? Right. With, uh, with comfort. Now, um, you're getting salary with your commission and then you are also trying to like nab your appointments, right? Like you're trying your appointment based business very much kind of like real estate is right. Uh, well, that's funny. You know, we, we want to talk about money. <laughs> um, we don't have to get I'm, into uh, like yeah. what you get paid, but just like you do get a salary, right? Or is it no, commission only? It's, it's straight commission, very similar to your setup. Okay. So, um, you know, I earn, I earn what I, uh, earn by, you know, having, helping people and, and that's really pretty much it. So, you know, if somebody's coming into this line of work and they're thinking, oh, I'm going to get a salary, um, you know, there's two, it's a double-edged sword, right? So there's two things you can look at. It, 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 there's good to that and there's also bad to it. But uh, I've, I've kind of figured it out at this point. And, um, you know, with it, when it comes to setting appointments, things like that, there is some self-generation that I do. Uh, but Comfort does supply me with um, leads. They put calendar appointments right in for me. So it does, that helps. Uh, but there's no guarantee. I mean, I could go to a home. Right. And, you know, they may love everything about what Comfort does and the you know service that I provide for them, uh, but they just might not be able to do the project at that time. Right. Um, so that's why How I- How was it going from like paycheck to paycheck to now a commission only based job? Uh, it, it does take a little bit of um, creativity to kind of figure out how I'm going to, you know- balance the books, you know, um, I, it, it does, it does require a lot of, um, work on that side and to have, um, you know, you got it, you gotta, you can't spend your entire commission check. You have to really say, okay, the rainy yep. days are coming. I've got a plan for these days where there might be a little bit lighter in the week. And then just know that I've got to get through, um, but usually, um, it's been, it's been very good and, um, you know, just the, the, the product really does, there's, there's so much, uh, credibility with this company that when I go into a home, sometimes the person's got their checkbook right on the counter. They're, they're ready to buy. Ready to rock. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that every situation that's like that, there are shoppers out there and there are people that are just, you know, they just want to know what we're all about. And when they hear the price, they have no clue as to how much one window would cost. And then when they hear, oh, it's going to be this much for 10 windows, uh, it's not anything they wanted to do. Um, and and that's okay. That's why we have a program. We have different window levels. Uh, we offer financing. Yeah, speaking on that, like that, yeah. when you would come to my house, I, I remember telling you and Brittany was kicking me because I was like, dude, I have no idea what windows cost. You could tell me. $30 or you could tell me $10,000. Like I was mm -hmm. like, 
I have no which way to go. You know, you kind of get a general sense, you know, when you work in real estate for four years, you kind of have an idea, you get some ballpark, but I'm like, I have no idea what to expect. These are, it was single pane windows, nothing really fancy, but we, we ended up upgrading. But anyways, I, I was definitely one of those people in that camp that had no idea what they cost. Yeah. Well, you're not alone, Corey. Uh, I'd say probably 75% of people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis really don't have any um, clue as to what the price of windows cost. And and that's okay. I mean, it's not something, it's not like a bag of bread or, you know, you're not buying you know, it every day. Yeah. So when I go into home, I, I totally expect this. And then, so I start talking to them and sometimes they'll have had some of my competitors come into the home and they'll, I'll, I'll talk to them about that. I'll say, well, what did you like about this particular, um, when you manufacture that, that came into the home and they'll tell me some of the things and I'll say, okay, great. Well, that's good because this is what we can do as well. And, you know, I try not to sell on price because that's not, you know, that's not, you know, that's not the best way to do it. The really finding the customer's needs and wants and then figuring out where we can make that project work on their budget. Um, That's what my goal is to do. There's sometimes like when um, in real estate, when, you go to like a listing appointment, you're going to somebody's house to kind of get them ready to eventually sell, right? Usually there is like a list of questions that you ask and some things that you're trying to like feel out in the conversation, right? So when you go to your appointment, right, to somebody says that they need new windows or a new door, do you have a set of questions that you're asking them? Oh, yeah. I, I have a script that yeah. you try to use. I go through a, a survey sheet and I, um, there are, there are specific questions on there that really kind of help hone in, um, the specifics to their project, uh, do the same thing every time. Um, if somebody, you know, has some questions outside of that, I can answer them, but then I try to get back on track because obviously their time is, is valuable. My time is valuable. Like, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not getting paid a salary. So when I go to a home, you know, I want to make the most use of my time, but I also, um, I know that, uh, you know, their time is important as well. So I, I try to figure out what we can do to help them. Um, and then, you know, just go from there, but to having that, that sheet of questions is important and it does help me narrow down what they're looking to do. Now, is that sheet something that you created yourself or is that something that comfort windows is like, here's a great thing that we do. Yeah, Comfort did supply me with some questions, uh, but I have um, uh, a, a few years in the selling um, industry, so I I have some questions that I bring to the table as well. And I try, and it's been very difficult with masks and everything, not that I, I'm against it one way or another, but I, I think it definitely does help when I can read the customer's facial expressions, and they can yeah. read mine. Um, I. Yeah. I don't like having that barrier, but uh, I understand it's important at this point. So I, I try to respect that as well. Um, but it does make a difference when, yeah, um, you know, going into the home, if I can see their face and, and they can see mine. Yeah. That's like uh, when I, when I was first showing the house, we still have a mask mandate. When I, when we were first doing it in real estate, I was showing somebody the mask. I remember saying uh, same thing to Brittany. I would get home and it was like, Hey, how'd your showing go? And I was like, 
they said like they're on the fence, but like a lot of times I can tell by the emotion. I can tell by their face when they, when they walk into, into the house. So it's a little, I had to change some of the questions that I was asking to get mm-hmm. like a, a good solid answer. Mm-hmm. Out of them. Is there one question you ask every single time? Uh, yes. Um, I, I, well, <laughs> I would say there's probably three that I, I I need to know. Age of the home is important. Um, how long they plan on living in the home. And then if they're interested in financing. Those three keys kind of can be central to how I build a project for that individual. Um, uh, having that in place just makes um, makes me have a place to jump off of. So, yeah. When uh, you were in your other other jobs, were you face to face with these clients like this or was it more phone call conversation? No, it's uh, I'd say 90 percent of the sales jobs that I had in the past were all face to face, which I really prefer. Um, And I prefer working with homeowners as opposed to a business to business uh, endeavor. I just would I'd I'd rather deal with um, the that type of, uh, of, uh, of client as opposed mm-hmm. to dealing with like a, a board of members, you know, where you have got, uh, you know, like a, they have to a, vote on it if they want yeah, to Exactly. Um, so this one, you know, this job really kind of fits it, it, everything aligned, you know, I'm working face to face. I'm working with homeowners locally. Um, there is some phone calling, but for the most part, people are texting these days. So a lot of the after follow-ups and things like that, I can just reach out to them, text them, and they, they respond right back. Uh, so that's right. that's good. Now, when you're in your position, I know you said comfort a lot of times kind of gives you the appointments or the leads. Is What kind of systems do you have in place that you can generate your own leads and your own uh, clients? So I have some social media that I uh, utilize. Um, LinkedIn's been pretty helpful. I've gotten some leads that way. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, I've got to build up my Instagram better. I've got some before and after photos. I've got a library full of them. I've got to just build it so it looks presentable. Uh, That's just going to take some time. Um, and, and I also go out and knock doors. So I've got permits, solicitor permits, um, and I go door to door to help, uh, see if I can find somebody who's been thinking about doing something, but just hasn't got off the couch yet to make that call or looked us up online yet to, to, you know, see what it'd be to, to have a free estimate. Door knocking is one thing that I tried when I first got into real estate and then, Mm -hmm. uh, with COVID and everything, I kind of messed things up and I just have never, like I've, it wasn't my cup of tea, so I didn't really like focus on it too much. Do you have, uh, how do you handle? So you knock on the door, someone answers the door. What, what's the kind of verbiage? How do you kind of figure out if they need something? Uh, really what I'm looking to do is just introduce myself. I have, I'm clearly labeled. I've got comfort, you know, branding on me. Uh, I've got a badge on me. Uh, essentially I will just look to set an appointment for me to come back and, and do a measure for them. Now I've had some people say, actually, I've got a window right now. Can you take a look at it? Or I've got a door that I'm, I'm thinking about. It needs to be replaced. It's old. Can you give me a quick price on it? Um, and in those situations, I will go in and then I'll 
just measure it up for them and get them some some numbers. Um, but essentially, my job is to set an appointment with them for a future time for me to come out and do a professional presentation, much like I did in your home, um, where I can show you the cross sections of the, of the materials and you see what goes into our product and then, and then present some pricing down the road. With, I feel like, uh, I remember you saying that you were doing door knocking in a past job, right? Mm-hmm. Was yep. past job to now, do you feel like less people are apt to answer the door or quick to shut the door on you? I could count on one hand uh, the amount of door slams I've ever had. And I'm okay. in a total career. You know, it's it's funny when you first start doing door knocking, you're like scared out of your mind because you're thinking, oh, what? These people are going to throw me off their porch. Most people, um, and I'd say about 95% of people, are very like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Anyway, what's going on? You know, they're more curious. Um, and I try to give people, you, you know, there's there's a certain demeanor that you have at the door. You want to be back quite a bit away so you're non-threatening. There's certain ways you stand so you don't come across as like a threat. Um, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm clearly labeled. So people look out the window and they're like, what's going on? Oh, that's Comfort or whatever company I was with in the past. Um, I mean, household names, the, the industries I worked in, the cable industry, people know the co- cable company. So they would see that branding clearly identifiable and then they would answer the door. Sometimes they'd peer out the, through the crack of the door and, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> hey. Yeah. So I, would, yeah, I had you know, a couple just, of those too when I. When I first did door knocking, it was the same. You had people that would like pop out. Yeah. If you can get people to kind of relax a little bit and smile and maybe offer a little bit of a joke, um, you know, like around the Halloween time, uh, you know, say, yeah, trick or treat or whatever, you know, just goofy yeah. stuff that makes people kind of oh, whatever. And then you kind of break that barrier down. It's just all about the little gestures along the way that can kind of ease people's mind. I mean, I'm there to help them to, to offer some service if they don't want it okay no worries take my card i'm not going to pressure you into doing anything you don't want to do but all i'm looking to do is if you're interested in setting up an appointment with me i'm your guy and then trying to get a, a date and if not then you know take my card maybe there's somebody you know who is interested in doing something pass my name along that's all my goal yeah. is right in the that in both of our businesses is very, very similar, right? Because I'm always trying to, I need to get an appointment in the calendar. I need to get appointments mm-hmm. out. If it's right. showing, meeting new people, networking, um, listing appointments, like all of these things I want to get locked into the calendar. Because if you have appointments, that means you're busy mm-hmm. and you're doing the right things, right? So right. when you do your uh, your door knocking, you've had experience doing it. How have you gotten better? Have you uh, like read books or saw stuff online? What was the one thing that helped kind of elevate your door knocking game? Uh, well, there's a few authors that are out there that are very good and have actually got their start in the door knocking industry. Brian Tracy is one of them. Zig Ziglar. Um, you know, all these guys right now, um, they're, they're multimillionaires. Zig Ziglar's passed on. But, you know, you just... You know, you see where they started from. So you kind of have this idea in your head, like if they can do it, they started down at the bottom and they've worked their way up through this process, then then it is possible. Uh, Like I said earlier, too, is really the key is just 
taking small steps. So not worrying so much about getting a sale today on this particular home where I'm knocking, but just setting the appointment or just getting them to agree that, hey, I'm here to help you. And if not today, maybe I can get your phone number and, and I'll follow up with you down the road. Maybe next year is a better time. You know, I understand maybe you're going through some stuff with your family. You, you, who knows what's happening, uh, but I can certainly follow up with you in a, in a few months or a year because uh, people are going to have issues with their homes, right? You're always going to need stuff work done, uh, even in new homes, especially in new homes, because they usually use lousy materials. You know that, right? You go see some of these newer homes that are built. They built them with lousy windows or, you know, builder grade doors. And I'm, in some ways, I'm, I'm glad that they do that because that gives me work to do down the road. Uh, but I feel bad because people pay a lot of money for these large homes and then only to find out that they need to replace these windows, these doors or whatever it might be that's got to go in. And it, 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 yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking in some cases because they think that they're getting really good quality and they realize that these windows or doors are not the best last five years and then the seal breaks in them or something yeah and it's an expensive right. uh expensive project yeah uh, it's um one of my favorite things to, to uh to tell people there was a uh cross section of a house that was built in it was like 1940 something with the timber that they use as the main support and you cut the timber in half and it has like ring 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 it's a very dense wood because the wood the trees that they use were so much older, right? Because now they're just like factory farmed wood produced up. But with younger wood, it per, it's not as strong. It's not as stable. So something like a newer home, you take the cross section of the main support beam and it's like four rings, mm. right? You can see that it was only like four years old. But as opposed to the 1940s house, they cut down a tree that was like 50 years old, which has had much time to be, get stronger and more mm-hmm. stable. So it's it's very interesting to see the the difference in like construction material between the two of them. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I really appreciate about Comfort's approach. They use only the best materials, so it's we're not putting in products in people's homes that are going to fail within a number of years. And if there are issues down the road, let's say uh, you know there's something that goes wrong, we're coming out and we're going to replace it or fix it. Uh, that's our guarantee. And that's, we're covering the labor and we're covering the parts for the lifetime that you own the home. Yeah. There's a lot of cool programs that you guys have. How, how have you like learned everything? Do they have like, <laughs> a, an academy online? They have a lot of stuff online. Um, most of what I, how I learned it was um, obviously uh, trial, trial and error. Uh, but going on uh, YouTube, there was a, one of their former sales reps uh, had done a number of videos. And I just kept watching his videos over and over again. In fact, I would show him in the home and I kept hearing his, his wording. And I just learned the terms. I would read a lot. Um, it, it was it was a lot. It was like drinking from a fire hose, essentially. Uh, but it was, I enjoyed it because I, I liked how things got put together. You know, I enjoyed the construction part of it. Um, and so with that, it was, it was something that I wanted to learn. I knew that the more I learned, the better I could present these um, products. And then that gave people um, some insight as to what they were buying. Because that's really what it comes down to. 
the more that I was able to explain it and the better I was able to explain it to these homeowners and they can go, yeah, is that something I want? Yeah. I like that. I like these features. Um, and that's all my job is really just to be a service to them. And kind of find the solution to whatever problem that they have. Yeah, exactly. And, and by asking good discovery questions early on, learning out, learning what they were looking to do, then I can avoid talking about stuff that wasn't important to them, only focusing on what their real main objective is, and then presenting some solutions that would give them some options to fix it. Yeah, that's uh, very much my uh, approach in listing appointments. It's Or even when I do, uh, I'll do uh, like a buyer consultation. Like if I get a new buyer that wants to work with me, I try to do like, let's say an hour where we can sit down, we can go over like, What's your timeline? How quick do we need to be in this house? What is the budget that we're working with and what kind of houses you're looking at? And I also try to set their expectations of what the market's like in that moment, because in this kind of market, you're having houses that'll sell like 20 grand over list price, which is insane. Mm. And you're up against like 10 other offers and people are waiving home inspections. And if I could prep them right then and there, it gets their gears turning rather than being like, Hey, let's go see it houses. Oh, you love this house. Uh, it's got 12 offers. If you want to be competitive, we got to be 25 grand over list price. And if you want to be at the top of the pile, I'm willing to bet these other people probably waved a home inspection. Is that something that you want to do? You know, like hmm. rather than putting them on the spot in that moment, giving them the opportunity to do the research and know that I'm coming from a place of genuine honesty and not, just trying to get a quick sale and force them to overpay on the house. Yeah. You know, it's now, like a balancing act. Waving the home inspection. Is that advised? I mean, that sounds kind no. of risky. No. Yeah. It's so yeah. this is when we get to that point in the conversation, I always, I kind of frame it in this way. We're up against 12 other people there in this market. There are people waving home inspections because what's happening is they get to offer three, four, five, not getting through. And all these other people are waiving inspection. So they go, screw it. I'll waive my inspection. So I get put to the top of the pile, right? Because it's less that the seller has to deal with. So are you comfortable waiving a home inspection? No, Corey, the basement was really wet and there's cracks. Like we really got to see it. All right, let's put, let's put a home inspection in our offer. A couple different ways we can do a home inspection. We can do a traditional one where home inspector comes back with, with the faults and safety issues, we tell the seller, Hey, uh, we want you to fix it or we'll fix it. Or we want a credit or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then another way you can do it is doing a pass or fail inspection. Same thing. Inspector gives you the report. We look over the report and, um, say, uh, we do a pass or fail. Basically I just tell the buyer, is it thumbs up or thumbs down? They decide if they feel like it's too much for them to take on, then we can walk from the deal, no problem. But with a pass-fail inspection, we're basically telling the seller we're not going to like nickel and dime them on every single repair. We just want to make sure there's no structural issues, no structural mm-hmm. damage, right? And it's not as good as waiving a home inspection because if you're in the seller and you have 10 offers to pick from, I promise you one of them will probably be a waived home inspection, which is just so crazy because yeah. it's... I bought my house in 2016 and we had a hard time in 2016. We had offer after offer get denied, but we weren't up against 10 offers. We were against two or three other offers and everybody always had a home inspection. Nobody was waving it. And this world, people are just throwing these freaking hay, Hail Marys down the field to try to win a house. I think it'll come back to bite some people in the butt. if it has Oh, sure. 
Sure it will. Know? Well, it's I'll be there the to help them out. Planning. I'll be there to help them out with the new windows, right? <laughs> That's right. The new windows, door, siding. What else do you guys, bathroom remodels? We do everything right now, but the kitchen sink, Corey. So yeah. roofing, basements, um, of course, windows, doors, uh, siding, gutters. Um, See, when you came insulation. to my house, I didn't know any of, like, I didn't know you guys did all of that stuff because I, Bathrooms. everybody remembers the jingle, comfort windows and doors. Yeah. So I just Uh think windows and doors. Right, right. I don't think gutters and all that other cool stuff. Sunroom sightings and more, right? That's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, Bathrooms are a big one right now. We're, uh, you know, we we run a lot of specials on the bathrooms. um, And we're, what's nice about the bathroom is that you're, you're not without a bathroom for weeks on end, right? Our, our crews are coming out there and, and what's, great about comfort as well is we only use our employees to do installs uh and our employees are set up for like our windows and doors crews are just working on windows and doors our bathroom crews just do bathrooms so their discipline is focused solely on what their projects are so it's not like Which they're working love, on by the yeah way. that I'm so, like that aspect i loved because when i was like uh, so is like a bathroom guy going to put the window, like not, right. not to discredit that person, but I just like the fact that you were, you were able to be like, no, actually we have designated people who like mm-hmm. Tom and Steve only do windows and they're, that is their specialty. They're perfect mm-hmm. for that. And then you have Margaret and Steve do the bathrooms, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's nice to have that person designated to the one job. Yeah. And I mean, right now, uh, if you go over to get a bathroom done, typically it's done in one to three days. Uh, wow. On average, two days. Yeah. And and it's it, these bathrooms are beautiful. I mean, I've got some to, you know, that are on my online site so you can take a look. Uh, but certainly um, it's, we're we're very uh, we're very efficient. We're very quick and we're not holding your house up for you know, weeks on end, you might right. find if you were like you working with an independent contractor, because uh, they've got a few jobs they've got to do, you know, they're, they might be working, you know, four or five other homes and they're doing all sorts of different stuff in a general contractor uh, setup. Uh, with us, we come in, we get the work done and it's where we clean up and remove all the debris. You know, right. it's, it's done with, quick. With you starting in the middle of COVID, how did your business practices change at comfort? Cause I'm sure they probably were telling you how they were going to change business. How did you guys basically get over the hurdle that was COVID with us? Cause we're um, 1099, right? So I'm not a, an official, I I'm actually a business partner with them. Right. Yeah, so same. they can't really tell me what to do. They can just say, Matt, here's a lead, go do it. These are what we would like you to present to the customer. But you know, if it their policies are um, more in-house with their crews, with me, it's like I'm just an entity. I'm a business partner. I've I've signed legal contracts and things like that to to allow myself to work with them, and I, I have to follow certain practices. But for the most part, when they say, you know, you're running your business the way you want to run it, then I, that's kind of how I do it. Their their protocol was. You know, we follow all the guidelines, safety first, of course, make sure you're wearing masks. Um, you know, if you, you can ask your homeowner if they would wear a mask, if you feel more comfortable. We were trying to do a lot of this Zoom 
Um, yeah. So I, I would have uh, homeowners feel more comfortable uh, with me presenting this way. That was a little bit challenged. Um, it was nice because I didn't have to drive anywhere, but at the same time, being able to hand a customer the materials as opposed to just showing them like right here, very different. Um, when yeah. I can pass over part of the materials that we put into the windows and they can feel it, there's a tactile, you know, there's a disconnectivity between the material and their hands. They can smell it, taste it, whatever they want to do with it. They can look at it and go, wow, this is good stuff. As opposed to me just showing you, it, there was a loss there. And I feel yeah. like I really got to get back in the home. I really got to get in front of people and, and present. So I just, I'll protocol the best I can make people feel safe um i i mean i think that's the long and short of it really yeah that's that was what like what we were doing too i mean there was a period of time where we couldn't show any houses about two months it worked mm. out really well for Brittany and i because we just had ashen was born uh april 7th of 2020 we were in lockdown like two weeks before we had ashen so Brittany and i had some nice time together and then Ashton was born. We, I still wasn't able to show houses. It was all just like virtual tour. What do you think mm-hmm. of this? What do you? And it was like very hard learning curve for me because I'm very much. Uh, I like to read people's body bodies and oh, yeah. body language, and I'm not one for like energy and chakras and all that shit. But I think there is like uh, when you're doing a presentation or talking about to somebody about selling their home you can kind of sense when they've had enough of you talking for once when you're going through the spiel, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Like that you don't really pick up like on zoom, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like really some, I don't know what it is, but I, I didn't really like prefer this. I like a person to person Mm -hmm. contact personally. Absolutely. When uh, you go to somebody's house and you try to give them solutions how many times do they end up with more things? Like if they call you for their windows and they're like, you know what? I need a new door. Matt, can you do that too? Uh, well, that's one of the questions I do ask. Um, are there any other projects you guys are considering? And then I just stop talking because I want to, I want them to answer. Um, and typically people will be like, no, no, we're, this is it. This is the last thing we were, were doing. Or sometimes they'll say, well, I got a, I got a litany of things so, yeah, my, and, and the pandemic in a sense has helped with that because everybody was like, you know, hunkered down in their own homes. They're all out of the offices. They're in their house working. And so they're staring at the same four walls and they're looking at stuff and they're going, I got to fix that. I got to fix Dude, this. Home I got- renovation searches went up something like. It was like 200 or 300% during uh, COVID during yeah. that first like six months. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I got in right at the right time. I mean, you said I got in the middle. Uh, so I'm going to correct you. I actually started a month before everything went to lockdown. But I mean, going yeah. in, you know, in December of 2019, I knew, you know, like all the reports were coming out that this, these COVID cases were coming around outside of the United States. And then like the first case came in January and that's right. When I, when I was interviewing yeah. and then um, I got in, got all officials signed up on the 14th of February. And then March, I believe it was like literally like the 12th of March or some, I forget the exact date, but that's when everything just went, they shut everything down. Yeah. Um, 
And I was like, what am I going to do? I just started this job. Fortunately, <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, I was, um, I was in a, in a spot where I could, I, I figured it out. You know, there were things that by the grace of God, I guess, or whatever, it was just allowed me to do what I needed to do. And comfort was very supportive. Um, you know, they worked with me on a lot of things. So they helped me run my business. They got me the tools and, and the resources that I needed. So it was great. How do you stay in touch with those clients? Because there's in real estate, that's one of the big things. Like once you close the on touches. a deal, you want to be able to stay in touch with them, right? Yeah. Do yeah. you have a like a, a strategy or a plan in place to follow up with customers um, that completed projects? I'm a paper guy. Uh, so I have stacks of, of my uh, surveys that I take in the home when I'm when I'm writing down the notes and jotting down and I save all of them and I keep all the, those files. And so what I do is I typically will go back and I'll review and I'll say, okay, these guys were looking to do a bathroom. Um, and they were talking about possibly in a, in a year. So that's where I come in and I go, I got to call these guys and follow up. We do use a, a CRM um, Salesforce. It's not as, um, uh, as extensive as I've used it in other versions of other companies I've worked for, they've kind of got some restrictors on, which kind of makes it frustrating, but they're saying, well, we're going to open it up this year. We're going to open up a little more, a little more because they're new to it as well. So uh, um, the IT team is kind of, yeah. CRM for people who are listening by not know the acronym, uh, customer relationship manager, like a program uh, for like a client database, mm-hmm. put all the information in, birthdays, anniversaries, emails, addresses, phone number, all that stuff. Uh, and does your system like remind you of like birthdays and all that stuff? Because my CRM does that. Um, I've used it. I've used Salesforce in the past where it does. When I was with the insurance companies, they had that uh, feature. This one particular does not allow me to give that much um, information in as to the customer. I'm not entering the, the customer's info so much as I'm just kind of using it to kind of track where I need to be as my, as my calendar. So I've got a, a team at the office. They enter all that data. Then they um, link me to it so that I can see on my calendar where I need to go and what they're um, looking to do. So say like uh, going out to see Corey Lawson, he needs a new uh, set of windows for the back porch, roughly five to seven windows or whatever it might be possibly a new front door looking at storm doors as well Reach out and then, to them in yeah. six months yeah or, or you know they, they put the phone numbers and things like that but i don't have any way of managing your data in there that's all something that i have to mm. do on a separate um at this time they don't want us because uh, we're just business partners i'm not really right that's their database yeah uh, and comfort kind of keeps a tight grip on on who can you know, who can get at that info and who can manage yeah, it. That's it's different for us in a sense. Cause I can, uh, the clients are all technically mine. Mm-hmm. I just hold Howard Hanna holds my license. It's a weird thing because like, yes, I'm self-employed. I'm a 1099. Right. But I still have a manager. I still have somebody that I report to that. If in case I do something illegal or I mess up the paperwork or I don't file this right, like she's there to make sure that we're all following guidelines and rules and restrictions for agents. But I, she doesn't tell me that I have to be in the office Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5. Because that's not, that's not how the business works, you know? And it's very similar 
to yours. Yours isn't really a, a nine to five gig. Mm-mm. Not so at all. You guys come home from work at five. Well, I could be there at six tonight and we could talk options at the table, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can tell you there's uh, plenty of times where I'm driving home. It's nine 30 and I haven't even seen my family for that day. Uh, so, or there's days where I've got the entire afternoon off um, or I've only got, you know, one, one meeting in the morning. Uh, it, yeah. My schedule is like a Tetris board. It, it's constantly shifting. And yeah. I think if somebody were to, who needs a lot of structure um, would be, would be hard pressed to get into this line of work. I mean, you really got to be flexible and embrace the change. Right. And just know mm-hmm. that every day is going to be a little different. I, I enjoy that. I think you do too, that, that having that, um, little bit of chaos right but yeah. there's something that's kind of fun about that um so I yeah don't know. it's I don't not, it's uh it's there's pros and cons right like mm-hmm. i'm always i find it's hard to balance work and life how do you balance family work in personal hobbies uh that's a good question i haven't really cracked the code on that yet so Balancing the the family life um, has been a little bit of a challenge, um, but you know we 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 make it work. I mean, my wife is very helpful in a lot of ways. I've got um, some of my children are at the age where they drive; they have their their own vehicles, so they can kind of help get things done. Um, uh, as far One as thing hobbies, my mentor Donna taught me that was a game changer for me. Um, like my I don't have like anybody putting appointments in. It's just like me, basically Bernie and I have a shared Google calendar um, where I basically plug my, all my appointments in Mm. for the day and what's going on. And uh, when I have my calendar, I'll block out like family time. Like if I know, okay, this weekend, Brittany wants to go uh, to her dad's or something like that. I put Mm -hmm. it in my calendar and I block it out. This way, because I know me, I'm gonna just gonna pull it up. I'll forget about it, and I'll say, "Yeah, I can show you four houses that day." Right. And I was there at dinner, <laughs> and now I look like a total schmuck, you know. So one thing that I I thought it was funny at first, like it seems weird penciling in family time, but really, that's kind of how I can juggle everything. Is with just shared calendar. She puts her appointments in, I put my appointments in, and then this way, there's no 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 confusion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody's not literally on the same page, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That way, if yeah. one of your kids are like, "Dad, can we go see the new Spider-Man movie?" You're like, "Yeah, I'll block out the time, make sure I don't make any appointments that day." Right, right. Actually, that's funny. You said that we did go see the new Spider-Man movie. Um, we took my father-in-law and my wife had booked a. Yeah, she so she booked, good. Yeah, it was good. Um, we went to the the one the movie tavern out in Camilla yeah. and yeah. um that's that's nice i mean you can just order everything right there from your seat yeah. they come yeah uh, not that i'm plugging cool that, that place but yeah, yeah it is cool. was bad ass yeah. i don't want yeah. any spoilers away yeah. but it was a very cool for sure it was cool it was cool how they kind of brought a lot of the uh, elements together and and uh had some interesting characters in there that i wasn't expecting because yeah. i didn't realize my my kids follow all of it but they We've been, we watch them. We watch, I, my wife and I watch the movies, but I wasn't expecting that because I had no preconceived yeah. whatever. I had no idea what was going on with it. And then we went to the theater and I, all of a sudden these characters come on the screen. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. I so, avoided, 
I avoided trailers forever. There you go. I didn't see a single trailer. The only slip up I made was I was cruising Reddit and somebody posted that Dr. Octavius was in it. He was in a trailer also. So uh, listen, no spoiler alerts here. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, right. uh, and I was just like, Oh my God. And then I will also say my last comment I'll make on the Spider-Man movie was green goblin. William Defoe absolutely kills it every time, every time there's no mm. spoiler alert. He's in the trailer. So if you don't know green goblins in Spider-Man, I'm sorry, but it's in the trailer. Uh, wonderful. He was so good. He killed it. Yeah. Crushed it. I don't think I've ever seen him in a, a bad role. I, yeah. From, yeah. I mean, I think the first time I got introduced to his character was uh, Platoon. Uh, that was, yeah. And and that was like when it first came out. I, I'm old enough to say that. So when I saw that movie, I was like, <laughs> ah, I'm scarred for life, you know? You yeah. see that. But uh, he was he was great in that movie. And I don't, like I said, I don't think I've seen him in a bad role. He's a, he's a great actor. Uh knowing like your business is very uh eat what you kill kind of business is what, that's what i say about real estate how do you keep yourself motivated every day like do you look to certain books do you like to read quotes online how do you stay motivated i honestly can say this i love what i do when i go to a home and i can help a family out find a solution and then have it seen all the way through. And then I can go back to that home and take photos or go during the, during the time when they're doing the install and I get to watch what's going on and see my, my project and their project come together and be finished. That to me is, I have, I feel like I have value in the world, you know, there's something about. And so to me, this isn't work. It's just, I'm out there. I'm helping families make their homes more energy efficient. I'm, I'm helping them make their homes more comfortable. And I work with a great company that has integrity, trust, excellence. They've won the torch award five times. I told you about that at the house, right? We're the only five time award winner in the state of New York for the torch award. So it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I am very fortunate. I count my blessings every day. And when I, when I go to an appointment, I have fun, you know? So yeah. I, I enjoy that element of it. There is a lot of work to it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't have a problem getting up and doing it. It really doesn't make me feel like, Oh, I gotta do this again. When I was in insurance, that's that how I felt. Like yeah. It was brutal. Um, and yeah. uh, I just there's so there were so many layers to the insurance industry, and it was not my not your my, not at all. Yeah, and like when um, I I felt like when I got into real estate, I felt like I was like I, I've said this before, and probably people roll their eyes, but I got to fill my cup and fill somebody else's. Whether like retail was just like. I showed up, I punched the clock. Here's your lawnmower. Here's a chainsaw. Here's a fishing pole. See you later. Like mm-hmm. it was not, it didn't feel like it was fulfilling to me in any sense. Do you think this job has given you that sense of fulfillment that like insurance has not? Absolutely. Um, with insurance, I felt like they almost wanted their, their, um, agents to fail that's the the notion i got i was i remember 
sitting in the office and there would be like new hires every week. And the, then, and people that I knew were really talented who could sell, you know, just whatever, you know, they were, a they were popsicle they, to a lady in a white gloves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, the old, whatever they were leaving by, like by the droves and I'm going, what is happening? Why are these people who are so skilled? They just, they were very, I mean, it's not, I'm not talking about like shysters. I'm talking about people that actually could sit down with somebody and figure out what their needs were and then build a, build a value and build a, uh, a plan for that person. These people were leaving and I'm going, what is happening? Yeah. I'm going, what is going on here? And then I started reading the writing on the wall. I'm going, they just want my contacts. These agents, you know, they're, they're, uh, they just want me to trade all my contacts for, you know, whatever. And they're just going to spit me out. Yeah, they're just going to yeah. spit me out, and I'm going to be out on the street. I'm not going to have anything to show for it. And I said, enough I of this. I you a company that values, values you a lot more. I do definitely feel that way, yeah. Every day that you wake up, do you have like a like a routine, like a set? I do three things in the morning every single day is what I do. Um, well, I think – my mornings are a little bit um, more focused on the family at first because I've got children in school that need me to get them to where they need to be. So it's my focus goes there first. And then I get back to my desk and I start doing my routines and it's really just preparing the night before. So I know like if there's certain proposals I've got to get out, I try to have all those lined up. So when I sit back down on my desk, my focus is right on that. I mean, there there are days where I'm like, man, I need to take a nap. You know what I mean? Like, I'll I'll just like go through so many different things in the day that, like, even just meeting people, you know, it can it can be exhausting, right? Having to do, right. you have to present yourself and and be professional and do all these things, and then you get done, you're like, man, that was like that was like really like mind boggling. I had to like answer a lot of questions that were that that customer threw a lot of curveballs at me or whatever it might be, right. or just even driving, you know getting a long car ride you know i don't know what it is just sitting there you know you're thinking about things you got to do and then that those long drives you get done and you're like man i am i'm tired just from doing that so <laughs> yeah right yeah do you but I, when you have those long drives are you listening to like podcasts or audiobooks i should do more of that i did for a while um you know i subscribe to that um my the car that i take for my work is um, a little older uh so the radio is really kind of not equipped for that type of setup, but I'm making excuses. I should be doing more of that to feed my mind. Uh, that's one of the things Brian Tracy used to talk about was turning your car into a rolling university, right? So right. Uh, making the most use of your time while you're driving to point A to point B, what am I feeding my head with? Is it, you know, radio where it's like bubble gum for your ears, right? Or am I actually going to learn something today and, you know, um, put, put some, um, more knowledge, knowledge in, in your head. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think you gotta have a balance of both, right? Like you gotta have that enjoyment. Like I, uh, I like a podcast called my brother and my brother and me, it's three brothers answer people's questions online. It's just a silly, fun podcast. I can tell you, I have never learned a single thing from that podcast, but every time I listen to it, I laugh my ass off. There you go. But then there's people like uh, Tom Ferry is a really big real estate uh, coach guy. He has uh, some great podcasts and I'll kind of mix him in 
in with things, you know, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a good you gotta have a good mixture of turning your car into a rolling university and also a rolling giggle factory, you know, yeah. like yeah, especially when you're driving an hour one way to get to somebody's house. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm glad I uh, I talked to you about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> what um, do you have like a, a certain book that you've read that you learned the most of, to help you in your sales? Mm, I would say No Excuses by Brian Tracy. He's probably one of my favorite authors when it comes to this type of um, material. Um, he also has another book called Eat the Frog. Uh, Zig Ziglar's got um, uh, selling techniques. And then there's also another one that I really thought was uh, well-written. It's an old book, um, Think and Grow Rich. Mm. Um, and I can't think of the author's name. Oh, man. Uh, actually, I got that book as a gift from our president here. Oh, you know what? I think I left it in my – yeah, it's at my house. Um I have not started reading it. I was going to buy the audio book because I, I am so terrible with reading. It's ter- mm-hmm. it's like my ADHD is like I read a sentence and I'm like, okay, done, did enough. For today. <laughs> but if we put an audio book in, I'll listen all day. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I got to yeah. get the audio book. Um, Dale Carnegie what too is. Um, did you take from from those books? Um. Well, the no excuses one was great because it basically says you either make it work or you make an excuse that's like the premise of the book right so you can sit there all day and go i can't do it because i only have you know this much resources or whatever it might be whatever the reason it is for you preventing yourself from doing it or do you say i'm going to treat that as just an obstacle in the road that i have to figure out how to either get over it get around it get through it get under it whatever it takes to get around that obstacle it's just a hurdle. And then you, if you, as soon as you start looking at it like that, then you go, I don't have any excuse. I just got to get through this. It's got to get done. I've got to make it happen. And you learn how to like prioritize. And um, so I think really just time management, learning how to prioritize what's the most important thing that's got to get done. And then also taking away any excuse in your mind that says, I can't do it because the word can't really should just be removed is if, if you can just say I, I can do it i'm gonna do it it'll get done and then you're speaking it out there into the universe and and you'll make it happen you'll figure it out when you frame stuff like that i think that's a great lead into the next question i can do it i i will do it when you start each year do you do a business plan to kind of lay out your goals and tell yourself i will do that mm-hmm. yep how um, do you set your goals and how do you measure them? So with this industry that I'm in, um, I, I started out in the windows and doors. I'm learning. Um, I've done some bathrooms. Um, sunrooms are also one that I, I want to learn. But it's all, you know, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. So you have to you have to make smart goals is what we call them, right? So you have um, timelines in place. You make these goals achievable. You don't want to make it so it's so big that you're never going to do the work because you're going to look at it and go, this is too much. I I can't figure this all out. Uh, So small bites uh, and then just learning more product so that when I 
have the opportunity to present these products, I can make it make a case for somebody to to do business with us because they're going to say, well, this guy knows this product. He knows what I need. And I, I trust that they're going to get it done. Um, the more knowledge I have, the more money that I can earn because I am able to give uh, more value to the, to the homeowner. Um, and that's really where it comes down to. So last year, mainly windows and doors, couple bathrooms this year, more bathrooms, more windows and doors, uh, probably middle year. I'm going to, uh, take on the sunroom projects. Um, so all of those are in, in place to, to have a, have a goal so that when I get to those points where I can sell them and speak to them professionally and, with the knowledge I need and confidently um, that will help me increase my income. Um, There's some people who like will look at goals every month and then break it down very for like Tom Ferry is very big on it. Like if you say as an agent, I want to do uh, $6 million in sales for the year, then he's like, okay, take your average transaction, break that down. What's your average transaction X amount of dollars. That gives you divide that by the total what you want, and that'll give you how many transactions you need. And then you break it down even farther and say, okay, so each month I need to have X amount of sales done. Do you take that approach, or do you just set, hey, I want to do 20 bathrooms, uh, 40 window projects? And I'll monitor it as, as the months go by. No, I take the first approach. That's kind of how I was trained early on yeah. in selling. Um, just know like what, you know, what you, your return is on an appointment and then you figure out, okay, how do I maximize that? How can I increase that? There's a few things that you can control in this, in this industry, but for the most part, you know, I can't make somebody buy something. So the things that I can control, those are where I focus in on. I can control my attitude. So if I get up in the morning and I'm having a rough day, I stub my toe or my kids are sick or whatever it is, I got to change that attitude and that focus and go, well, how can I maximize what I'm doing and be positive about it? Second is how much activity am I going to do to better my business. So it might mean that I have to make more phone calls or that might mean that I have to go knock 10 more doors the next day, or it might mean that I, you know, work on my marketing for my social media, whatever it might be. That's my activity. And then lastly, it's, um, what is it? Like, uh, attitude activity. And, uh, there's another one. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I guess time. management. Really. Yeah. Something like that. I, 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 I started down the road and then I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. Maybe the next podcast we do. Yeah. You'll, you'll remember by the way, down the road. Yeah. By uh, the way, you, um, this is my first podcast, Corey. So if we're going in the oh, history books. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what the uh, Corey cast is all about. I always That's take right. people who have had zero podcast experience and we just have a conversation and I just try to put them in the best light. Like I just try to talk a lot to local people that are around the area. There's some, uh, the first video one I did, I kind of fangirled a little bit cause I got the interview, uh, Jimmy Strat, Strat, I can never say his last name, who is a, lead singer of a band that I really like. So that was like oh, nice. totally fangirled on. Yeah, yeah. But most of the time, <laughs> we're just talking about your business. I'm just talking about your practices. If somebody is listening at home that's maybe in real estate or uh, even in sales, and they could take something from this podcast. And my, I have accomplished my mission. Mm -hmm. Plus, I mean, nothing better than getting to talk to 
awesome people for an hour, you know? It's nice being able to you came in the house and we talked all about windows, about doors. Uh, you try to sell me on a bathroom remodel. You try to sell me with a gutter. Like it's very like it's not a I can't say genuine conversation because you are being very genuine. You're listening to what our issues are and our problems are in the house. But it's different when I get to slow down for an hour and say, Matt, how do you do business? How do you do this? Mm-hmm. How have you been successful doing this? And what is your big takeaways? Right. Well, I can tell you, there's a couple of things too. When, when you were asking me about like planning and and preparing and setting goals, there are so many things that I know I should be doing better or actually just doing that I know of, but it's those things where it's like, "Eh, yeah, yeah. But really I've seen years in the past where I have done those things and they definitely help. So if anybody's listening out there who's thinking, eh, it's all just a bunch of whatever fluff, it's not. There are there are results that you can get if you really stay focused and 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 have them listed out and, and set them, you know, set those right. goals in place. Um, they do work. So yeah. thank you for reminding That's... me because I do I definitely had you t- you touched on a couple things and I said, yeah, I, I need to be doing more of those. For Dude, sure. I'm guilty of that too. I, but I also like, I learned some different techniques that other agents do. Like, um, this, uh, one agent out of Utica, his name's Jay grow. I love this dude. He is like one of the most genuine people I think I've ever met. He's just so himself all the time. And I love that. And he had told me that he, every day he has his rule of three where he calls or reaches out to three different people every day, whether it's a past client some relative, a friend or something like that. Every single day he's trying to make three connections with people. Mm. And I love that and started implementing that. And then I, uh, I didn't interview this person, but it was from one of the podcasts. Uh, one of the agents was talking about how they do a video birthday. Like on Facebook, you get the notification. Mm-hmm. Matt Clear has a birthday today. I started doing video birthday messages. Hey, Matt, I saw it was your birthday. I uh, haven't seen you in a little while. I hope you're doing good. I just want to say the windows are looking great in the back porch. And the, what a difference. Wow, it's amazing. But anyways, I hope you have a great birthday. And I hope to see you soon. 10, 20 second video done mm-hmm. out into their message. And I've gotten such a crazy response from that. People freaking love that. And it's just me going, hey, hope you had a great day. Sure. Uh, yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? But so it, 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 yeah, go ahead. Apply to the birthdays. So I use that now as because Jay Grow, that handsome bastard, showed me a really cool sales technique that he does. But that's nice. Why I want to talk to you? I feel like I learned some cool stuff today. Oh, good. Me too. I definitely learned some things, and uh, I'm looking forward to next time we do this. Maybe we can talk about uh, some other topics, and we'll have to put our heads together and figure out what. Um, you know, what responses we got from this, if any, uh, but maybe uh, we can, we can touch on a couple other areas too, that people might want to be uh, hearing about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, I want to say thank you for your time today. A whole hour is very kind of you. Thank and, you, Corey. Uh, I look forward to the next one. I think it's going to yeah. be great. All right, buddy. Take care, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy.